Welcome to Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and trends with law enforcement professionals and personalities from across Canada. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Blue Line, the podcast. I'm Renee Francoeur, the editor of Blue Line magazine. Thanks for tuning in. I know it's been a while since you've heard from us. I apologize. We're sorry we kept you waiting, but we're working on something fresh. Uh, we've got an exciting new series. I hope you joined us for episode one and two, where we detailed more on digital investigation and modern day challenges when it comes to policing and cybercrime. Now we're switching the gears up and I am pumped to be able to bring you a series that gets a little more personal. For the next few months, we'll be celebrating women in law enforcement and profiling some incredibly inspiring officers, in my opinion. It's an endeavor we are very passionate about, so stick around. Today, we're speaking with Border Services Officer Tamara Lopez. She is with Canada Border Services Agency in the Greater Toronto Area. Tamara calls herself the One Woman Show, and boy is that accurate because she dons quite the array of hats. TV host, actor, mentor, lifelong volunteer, a new Serving with Pride director, conference speaker, former mascot, and one of the faces of recruitment for CBSA. She does it all. She is the recipient of the Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal, a past Sheridan College professor, and has spoken at TEDx, the Human Resources Professional Associations Conference, among other events. She's also hosted the Women as Career Coaches event and various affairs for the Canadian Cancer Society Halton Branch, including Hope in the City, as well as Mademoiselle. Tamara, I am so thrilled and honored to have you in our hot seat. Welcome and thank you for joining us here in the studio. Uh, wow, thanks very much for having me as well. That was quite the, uh, the intro. I'm, I'm blushing. I know you can't see that, but I am. Perfect. To all the listeners it's out true. there, I am blushing. It's the truth. We, we've got to give the, uh, the due credit where it's due. So congratulations on your recent appointment as the newest director for Serving with Pride. Uh, you said you're, you've always been down with uh, new experiences, but what are you most looking forward to uh, with this new opportunity? Uh, well, thank you again for, for bringing that up. I, being elected uh, for the Serving with Pride uh, board was a huge honor for me, actually, and I'm most looking forward to learning about best practices from other law enforcement agencies in terms of things like LGBTQ2 plus um, advancements, and again, like I said, best practices that I'm able to bring back to my own department, the Canada Border Services Agency or CBSA. Uh, I'm also looking forward to being able to collaborate on any initiatives that are brought forward as well as assist with training, as I believe education and knowledge is important when it comes to affecting change. And I had heard about serving with pride before, like for many years, mm. and I know it wasn't necessarily the most comfortable with, uh, with joining at the time as I was a different place in my life. And now I've, I've joined and I knew about the amazing things that they have done. And that's why I put my name forward to be a board member and I was elected back in May. Nice, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to the gala this fall, so I will see you there. Yes, I'm looking forward to that as well. I've never been to one before. October it's, the 19th, I, I think, believe. I think you're right around, right around yes, there. Yes, I should know yeah. the date. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time. Please don't quote me. Look for Blue Line's uh, events calendar to get the actual date on that. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you began working with CBSA in 2005. Um, and you graduated with a major in psychology and a minor in sexuality studies from the University of Windsor. So you got to tell me, wh why did you choose a career in law enforcement? Did you always see yourself at a law enforcement agency? 
Uh, kind of yes and no. I think that the job may have actually chosen me. Uh, I was actually unaware when I was in university what border security was when I was a, un a student at the University of Windsor. And then I stumbled upon a booth one day during a career fair that was set up in the student center on campus. And then I found the job interesting by the individuals that were talking to me about it. So I applied as a student officer and then I never looked back. I actually started in 2003 uh, as a student for two and a half months, but that was it. And then I applied again externally in 2005 is when I was hired again uh, in Determinant. Uh, the nice thing is that I feel I can use my degree in psychology as part of my job because having an understanding of the human psyche and such things as motivation really helps in this line of work. Mm. Also, having taken a course on gay and lesbian studies as well as co-creating the Out on Campus student group obviously helps me in my quest to further advance visibility of LGBTQ2 plus community within law enforcement. Fantastic. Super necessary. Agreed. So the, with that being said, what has been um, the most pleasantly surprising thing about the job? Uh, for me, the most pleasantly surprising thing is the fact that every day is a new beginning, literally. As a, a line officer at Toronto Pierce International Airport, uh, no two shifts are ever the same. I really enjoy that aspect about the job because I'm constantly learning new skills mm. and perfecting old ones as well. Another surprising thing about the job is the many different aspects and areas that the CBSA has under its portfolio. For example, we have such areas as passenger operations at the airport, which everyone would be familiar with, things uh, traffic at land border crossings as well, which people have also would have familiarity with. There's postal operations at our international mail center, so get any mail that comes mm -hmm. in, we obviously look at that too. Commercial operations at cargo warehouses, marine operations, training and learning opportunities, and the list goes on. Your career never gets stale, we'll say, with the mm. vast amount of options that exist for one to explore at the CBSA. Fantastic. Yeah. And you're right, you, 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 know, you hear CBSA and you think, oh, the border crossing. You think those physical transport trucks, you think uh, you know, automobiles, so much more than that, it, especially with the opioid crisis going on and the border guards in Vancouver. Um, super interesting, super diverse uh, area to work. Yes, when you hear the word port, like everyone thinks when they think a CBSA officer, they'll think immediately car mm. and they forget when I say I work at an airport and they look at me perplexed, I was like, it's a port of entry. Airport, hello? <laughs> there so we it's go. So it's the same thing. So it's an airport, obviously marine. So if you're on a boat, it, on a train, on a bus going over the, exactly. the border. So they're all, anything new into the country, I'll say, will have seen or been processed by a CBSA officer. So you mail it here, you ship it here, you come in person, it's going to be seen by us. That's what our role is. Fantastic. All right, on that note, what about the most challenging part? Most challenging part of the job at times can be establishing things like a good work-life balance. Mm. Law enforcement as a profession, uh, and even things like even in firefighting too, is a 24-7, 365-day-a-year job. And sometimes people will not be prepared for that at first, so there is some adjustment that comes with that. The nice thing is that there are resources you can turn to. Uh, for example, such things as an employee assistance program, which can offer up resources for maintaining optimal health, a nutritionist, or an assistance with things like financial planning. You also end up forming, I find, a really strong bond with your crew members because you spend a lot of time with your crew when you're on shift working very long hours, or your platoon, they call it, or your squad, again, depending on what uh, law enforcement area you're working in, which also helps you get through your very long shifts. So for me, I found that the most challenging. A lot of people work Monday to Friday, say 9 to 5, and our job obviously doesn't do that. So it's a matter of how do you balance outside life with your work life. Right, fair enough. Yeah, relationships for sure, right? Uh, it's a bit of a learning curve that a way. A relationship, what is that? Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> and with that, we will move on to the next question. <laughs> what about the most memorable moment? Is there one that sticks out in your mind? When I went through the program at our CBSA National Learning Center, or I called it the Customs College, is in Rigaud, Quebec. Mm -hmm. uh, graduating from that program after being there for 13 very long weeks in the dead of winter. Uh, to stand there on stage in front of my peers, and I invited my mother, uh, who's a very big uh, supporter of me, obviously, and take the oath of an officer, uh, then they pin your badge on your shirt. It was uh, a very proud moment for me because I had succeeded the very intense training, uh, and now I have been entrusted by the government of Canada and the CBSA to protect the country. Putting on the uniform every day is memorable for me as well because every day I can make a difference. I know that I'm making a difference every time I show up to work. So anytime I get to represent the agency at events like career fairs or when I do motivational speaking is also very memorable for me as well. People look up to you as uh, a face that they can say recognize to be motivated by, which is, which is also a very nice feeling. You feel proud knowing that the job you do, protecting the safety and prosperity of Canada, it does make a difference and people highly respect the role that CBC officers play in the grand scheme, of course, of security for Canada. Beautiful, very, very well said. I, I can see you up on that stage. There you go. In, in 2017, the CBSA announced that it had created its first LGBTQ2 committee. I believe it was 2017. Yes. All right. And you, you quickly joined that committee, I understand. Right what, away. What, is, what does that mean to you then? It's, it's got to be super um, important, clearly. So tell me more about that. Yes, it definitely is. And I, the minute they had announced they were forming the committee, I immediately put my name forward. Uh, the LGBTQ2 plus advisory committee uh, raises awareness and serves as a cons consultative <laughs> body on issues that impact the CBSA LGBTQ2 plus community. This committee is a safe and open forum for members to connect and discuss issues and the promotion of a healthy and inclusive work environment again for all members of the LGBTQ2 plus community. The LGBTQ2+, it's an umbrella term often used to describe the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and two-spirit community and encompasses the diversity found within these communities. In order to represent the range of diversity, of course, the abbreviated acronym utilizes the plus symbol as there's uh, roughly, they say, about 29 letters, I believe now is how long the actual acronym is, last time I had checked. So um, in order to abbreviate it, they kept the... Um, the first few and okay. then put the plus so for example a for ally would also be in there as well and we obviously need allies for mm -hmm. the community uh, the committee is the committee means forward momentum as well for the department it means that the cbsa is moving in the right direction by identifying the need for a group to work mm -hmm. on the advancement of the agency's lgbtq2 plus employees it means recognizing such things that international day against homophobia transphobia and biphobia which is idahot b taking place in may or Pride Month, or things like National Coming Out Day. It means more inclusive work environment where we can be openly who we are, and of course, while respecting each other and our own diversity. I quickly joined because I have a lot of experience, knowledge, and some background in the LGBTQ2 plus history. So I felt that I would make a good asset to the committee, hence why I immediately jumped on board. Fantastic. I, I'm so glad you said that about the acronym because I feel like I'm either getting it wrong or I'm remembering to add an I or not. And then, so I appreciate you, you just noting it, that it is extremely long and, and why that decision was made. Awesome. All right. So we've also read that you're on track to become a positive space ambassador um, where you'll be able to train others on the importance of being inclusive. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about this ambassador role and what that will look like. 
So at the CBSA, they have a community of positive space ambassadors that they want to have established. Ambassadors are trained volunteers whose role is to be a resource to CBSA employees. And I uh, attended actually three days. It's more of a train the trainer sort of course I was doing. So more like three days of intensive classroom training. Uh, the ambassadors, we are, our role is to listen and strive to understand and provide more information and assistance to those that come to us seeking assistance. And of course, we're identified by the pin that I have on my lapel right now, which says positive space. Ambassadors do not provide advice. Okay, so we're not necessarily, we're not counselors, for example. Uh, and we're not a replacement for the employee assistance program, referral agents, as those are also needed too. Uh, but we are more uh, specializing in the area and knowledge about LGBTQ2 plus and gender issues. And uh, again, ambassadors do not have to be LGBTQ2 themselves because again, if they were an ally, we have many allies that have taken the training, they can also deliver the training to other officers as well. The positive space ambassador training is also offered by the Canada School of Public Service. And that's another separate uh, workshop or course that someone can take. So the one that the CBSA is gonna start doing is the one that I took, which was three days long, a three hour course. I'm actually gonna be doing uh, some sessions this week back in Rigo, so I'm very excited to be delivering this training for the first time to the new recruits who are there right now. Amazing, okay, yeah, so it's it's uh, very current, because I know you were just doing that a couple weeks ago yes, as well. Yes, it was two weeks ago, Oof. and now they've asked me to come back to deliver my first uh, workshop to two separate classes, so Thursday and Friday. Wow, uh, I'm very excited awesome. again. Yes, yeah, so I'm glad that they've actually made it now part of the national training module, yeah. so that's actually embedded into the Renew Recruits program so they have an afternoon where they'll do this for three hours which is great so they'll get it before they go into the field amazing and that's fresh that's just started this yes. year wow again so Fantastic. the lgbtq2 plus advisory committee has done a lot and pushed a lot of things forward such as this training yeah a lot to be proud of that's that's amazing and just for everybody listening uh the lapel pin is a beautiful uh rainbow pin um it, it struck me right away when you walked in i noticed it so it's, oh, it's beautiful <laughs> and there's quite a few of you then uh you're one of many of these ambassadors yes yeah, so we're doing yeah. the training slowly so i think my class had 12 people in it and okay. there's at least um, so that's 12 that we know of for sure, and another few, I think, out in the Vancouver area. But we're trying to get many across Canada, obviously, as there's different regions. So good. I love that news. All right. Uh, well, moving right along, um, you also, speaking of those many hats, you also <laughs> host a video segment for CBSA uh, called Carpool Conversations. Um, so where did this idea come from? And you got to tell me your favorite episode so far. Okay. Well, I'll have to make sure I give credit where credit <laughs> is due, as you mentioned that earlier. The idea came... Uh, Carpool Karaoke by wow. James Corden. So that's where the idea initially came from. Funny stuff. Uh, and it was actually something that we had seen out in the Pacific region, uh, CBC Pacific region had it first. And they had a host drive around, ask questions to various people on a variety of topics. And my director at the time, who had worked out in that region as well, and having known about my hosting abilities outside of the CBSA, pitched the idea to our regional communications team, and it was an absolute go. It's really exciting stuff, actually, as it's nice to have these authentic conversations mm. with coworkers or even some people that I've never worked with before about real-life issues that affect the workplace, such as mental health and diversity and inclusion. Every episode, actually, is my favorite, not to sound too cliche. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> Every episode is my favorite, actually, because each one has a genuine, raw storytelling that the guests... Um, you don't always get that from them. Yeah. So you don't always get to see that when you're working with that person, but in this car your guard is down and the, the conversations that come from that are so genuine. And I thank each of my guests for being so authentic and of course taking the time to be on the show and sharing maybe a part of themselves 
that they hadn't shared before. And again, it's very public because these videos get posted to our intranet. So it goes across Canada for roughly 15,000 employees to enjoy. enjoy. Wow, amazing. Yeah, it, and it's something to, there's something to be said about that uh, organic conversation, yes. right? That's where the magic does happen. Exactly. So I'll ask one or two questions, then we'll just build on that and we'll go deeper. And then, of course, it gets edited. Yeah. Uh, we can't have these conversations go on for two hours yeah. uh, for, for <laughs> posting purposes, but it's so much content that you can get from just talking to someone as we drive around. Yeah, yeah. and you are actually driving around, right? I yeah, am, yeah. I am. Oh, nice, awesome, good stuff, multitasking. I am, I am. <laughs> so you are also the host of Women as Career Coaches Outside of Work. Um, so you, you gotta tell me, this volunteer work, when, when do you sleep, why, why, oh, why how? <laughs> but what's, what's your vision with this? I host uh, many things outside of work, mm -hmm. actually, and maybe sleep is something I should put in my schedule. Uh, <laughs> but my most constant role has been hosting something called Women as Career Coaches. This event is put on by the Halton Industry Education Council, and it celebrated its 15th anniversary this past March. Congrats. The, thank you very much. Awesome. The event is attended by 700 women. So they split that up into 350 women from high school and then 350 career coaches from various sectors. And I want the high school girls or ladies in the audience to see that they can be anything they want to be, a doctor, an astronaut, an Olympian, a politician, an officer, whatever it is. I want them to see the, the strong women that speak there every single year that have defied the odds to make a career for themselves while breaking down barriers and changing the world. This is also part of my vision too, uh, to showcase the fact that you can try on different career hats throughout your journey before you figure out what you want to do. The motto for Women as Career Coaches is just because you wander doesn't mean you're lost. And that is what I love. My career has been constantly evolving both inside and outside of work and being elected to, again, serving with pride as a board member is another prime example of me trying on a different hat. What I love about motivational speaking is that I'm not the average motivational speaker. I'm a gay woman of color in a uniform. And I want those in the audience to see that, to understand that there is nothing holding you back, not your gender, not your race, not your sexual orientation. You can be all of those things or none of those things and still be successful. And our differences are what makes us stronger together. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I love it. And that visibility is so key. We know that, right? Even going back in our own stories and, and seeing people, uh, women that were up there on stage telling us, hey, you can do it. You can be a financial investor if you want. Yes. Um, it's made all the difference in my own life. So I, I commend you for all of your work there. That's, that's oh, amazing. Thank you again. <laughs> so, um, how have you seen the CBSA's Committee for Diversity and Inclusion, um, and as well as the Women's Advisory Committee, evolve over the years? Um, you know, t tell me what you're looking forward to with these committees, and maybe any news you can tip us off on. Sure. <laughs> so the Women's Advisory Committee, their vision is to promote the CBSA as a workplace of choice for women in leadership within the Government of Canada. This is accomplished by promoting positive change through things like education, creating a more respectful and inclusive work environment for women, and identifying and addressing, addressing women's issues in the workplace. In my region, the GTA region or Greater Toronto Area region, the Committee for Diversity and Inclusion is an organizational culture that embraces and promotes and even exemplifies the principles of diversity and inclusion. Their mission is to build a workplace environment that fosters understanding, inclusion, and respect for all employees and inhibits, of course, any form of discrimination by promoting things like education, personifying the values of diversity and inclusion at all levels and groups. So currently, the, the Committee for Diversity and Inclusion in the GTA 
has begun a rollout for the Positive Space Initiative. So the committee is working with the National LGBTQ2 Plus Advisory Committee to train several employees who will then be able to deliver the agency's three-hour positive space classroom course the rest of CBSA, as I had mentioned. Gotcha. So it's, again, conjunction with Committee for Diversity and Inclusion and the National Committee that I sit on to roll out this new training. Fantastic. Working together, right? And that's how you yep. build a better culture. Beautiful. Yep, the collaboration is key. If you don't have that, it, it all falls apart, honestly. Awesome. Okay, well... Um, Congrats on the Queen Elizabeth uh, Diamond Jubilee Medal. Uh, I know that was in 2013, but I'm still going to say congrats because that's oh, quite the you. accomplishment. Thank you. Uh, you know, how did accepting that award feel? Uh, if anyone knows me, I'm a big actor, so it felt like <laughs> winning an Oscar. Wow. Uh, for nice. me, uh, standing up there, being in my ceremonial uh, dress uniform, and receiving the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal, again, in the presence of my mother, who follows me everywhere. <laughs> it was a huge, huge honor to just be standing there again in front of my colleagues, receiving this award for all my dedication and hard work, both inside and outside at CBSA, uh, being recognized for the things that I have done. And again, when you do volunteer work or you motivationally speak, you're not expecting anything at the end. You do it because intrinsically, it's something that you are passionate about. So to see that my work was recognized, again, was uh, a huge honor for myself. It's the largest award I've ever received in my in my life, and I truly cherish it. I just received another award, actually, um, a few <gasps> weeks ago. It's called the Regional Director General's Award, so the RDG for my region, the GTA. It was for the teamwork category. We just talked about teamwork, ironically enough. So again, through collaboration and teamwork, uh, myself being the co-chair of the GTA Region's Wellness Committee, we won an award for the amount of work that we put in to enhance awareness on mental health issues in the work environment, creating things like wellness rooms and hosting different events. We were recognized back at the beginning of June, so that uh, was another award to add to my collection. That's awesome, and I see I'm out to date, so there we go. No, <laughs> I, I didn't mention it to you before. <laughs> I thought I mentioned it as a surprise. That's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank and, you. And wellness is, it's such a catchphrase right now too, right? And there's there's um, ways to do it, and there's ways to miss out on the mental health component. Yes. Uh, you know, it's not just about doing yoga, right? At lunch. Exactly. Yeah, so, so congrats. That's fantastic. Talking like things about work-life balance and how it's important, again, working in law enforcement to make sure we might be exposed to certain things that the average person may not see. So taking care of your mental health and mental wellness is very important. And that's why there is a push strategically from the CBSA in order to have uh, mental health be a, a topic of focus. And we were recognized for the work we did. Beautiful. I love it. There's there's lots of really cool modern stuff going on. Uh, there is. And you're in the thick of it. So Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Well, sometimes um, in the wider law enforcement discussion, uh, you know, other agencies like those of the conservation officers, the correctional officers, and CBSA officers, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm finding they're somewhat left out of the, uh, the wider uh, law enforcement conversation. The focus is on traditional policing agencies. So mm -hmm. what are your thoughts when it comes to ensuring CBSA is fully represented and recognized um, for that larger uh, picture of Canadian law enforcement? Good question, actually, mm -hmm. and uh, I've heard that before, too. Uh, the CBSA, the, we are a federal institution that is part of the public safety portfolio. Ensuring the security of our borders as well as the safety of our frontline officers is again a, pre, a key priority for the government of Canada. The CBSA is responsible for enforcing the law at Canada's designated ports of entry. CBSA, we also again work closely with, its with our national and local law enforcement partners to do things like detect and prevent any illegal cross-border activity such as smuggling, human trafficking, again, things you may have seen if you've watched uh, the TV show. Mm -hmm. 
CBSA officers, our role, again, as the first line of defense for anything and anyone that comes into Canada. So again, anything new that would be coming into the country as a BSO, that's what our job is, first line of defense. Again, for example, we process millions of people and examine millions of male, uh, male particles that come in and then parcels and cargo and shipments across this country each year. We seize illicit drugs, as you know, or weapons, or even arrest people that are found to be smuggling. And of course, throughout the course of our duties, we can enforce almost 90, if not over 90 pieces of legislation, uh, again, throughout any course of our day. I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> there, there's a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, and you mentioned the show, which, which I've got to say, I, I meant to watch at least one episode of that before this, and I, I didn't, but uh, oh, no, it's on my list homework. of things to do. It, it is. It definitely is, because I know people enjoy that. It's quite popular. <laughs> yeah, so after the, the name of the show, I believe that our our profile was definitely raised, and the, the CBSA, of course, is now is seen yeah. as, as a law enforcement agency. Officers we know are armed. So I think that maybe from the 1800s to now, there's been an absolute huge shift in, in the way it's viewed. And of For course, sure. we are public safety, and that's, again, a big role that we play. Beautiful. All right, now it's kind of time for the fun questions. We're, oh, we're, man, fun? Yeah, okay. bring it on. We're, we're going to end each episode from now on with, with two fun ones, okay, all right? Okay, fun, fun. <laughs> so you're the first one. You're kind of the guinea pig with this. Okay. <laughs> so, number one, what is something your colleagues might not know about you? Um, I had something written down, and I thought it was kind of corny, so I'm, I, I wrote something else down. So I was born with a speech impediment, actually, which made me painfully shy as a child. Once I was in grade three, I went to a speech pathologist and I had it corrected. And then obviously the rest is history. I never stopped talking. But it's something <laughs> I don't necessarily talk about because everyone's like, I might have just been born with like a megaphone. And no, I actually had a hard time because wow. I was made fun of because huh. I had a speech impediment. Wow. Yeah, mm. you, you're right. You would never would have known. Thanks, thanks for sharing that and that vulnerability as well, right? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, number two. What's the one thing as a law enforcement officer that you can't live without? <laughs> this is even related to law enforcement, lip gloss, because everyone <laughs> knows me, uh, I don't like to feel dry, as well as water. Gotcha. That's, all, that's needed too, because I feel you talk a lot throughout your shift, you're talking to passengers all the time or your colleagues. So again, hydration, important. Um, also, I would say gloves are important too, or hand sanitizer, uh -huh. just to ensure you know, health and safety is always taking care of as well as cleanliness. So <laughs> lip gloss, water, and some, and some gloves and sanitizer, we're good to go. There we go. We slipped a, a couple more things in there, but I like that, especially if it's a good scented hand sanitizer. Yeah, you, you can have exactly. Fun. <laughs> awesome, Tamara. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story uh, with Blue Lines listeners. Well, thank you very much, Renee, for having me on the show. I had a fantastic time, and thanks again for the invite. You bet. We'll see you at the gala in the fall. Yeah, serve them with pride. Again, check our website. And you'll see more information about who the directors are and events that we have that are upcoming. And if you want training from the actual group, you can also, I think, find the information there. Okay, yep, fantastic. Uh, see blueline.ca for the link to Serving with Pride. And uh, stay tuned for our coverage from the gala. Thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Blue Line, the podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode in this Women in Law Enforcement series. Have a suggestion for what we should cover or who we should sit down with? email me or shoot me a message over social media. You can also pick up the phone because I'm a fan of the good old telephone call. You'll find my contact information at blueline.ca. In the meantime, thanks to everyone for listening, especially those out there protecting our communities. Stay safe, everybody. 
Thank you for joining Blue Line, the podcast hosted by Blue Line, Canada's only independent national magazine for law enforcement. 